the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. So we began the hour talking to Matt Mayer, Opportunity Ohio. Matt worked in Homeland Security. I was asking Matt about the Twitter files, the disclosures that show an all-too-cozy relationship between the people who distribute information, gather information, or inside your life because they're inside your phone and you're on all their sites, Facebook, Meta, Instagram, Twitter. And we started talking and we got deep in the weeds of something that occurred in the 1970s in the aftermath of Watergate when then Idaho Senator Frank Church headed a commission called the Church Commission. And they looked into how what was then big tech, which would seem like, you know, antiquated tech now, was gathering the ability to spy on foreign adversaries. Yeah, we need that, right? We've got to spy on our enemies, except those same tools that spy on enemies can be used to spy on people that should be friends, right? That's us. That's you. That's me. And the Homeland Security Department was created in the aftermath of 9-11 because we, nobody wants another 9-11. Patriot Act, all good, hmm. until it's not. And in the aftermath of 9-11, I was, uh, by coincidence yesterday, listening to a podcast Megyn Kelly did with a former FBI agent by the name of Tom Baker. Tom Baker was being interviewed about the Reagan assassination attempt. And then Megyn Kelly thought, well, I got a longtime distinguished FBI agent on the show. I'll ask him about what's going on at the FBI now with Twitter and the FBI meddling in the 2016 and 2020 presidential elections. And Tom Baker said, I can take you right back to the time when the FBI became not an organization that followed the rule of law wherever it led, but an organization that began looking at things that heretofore was not on its plate. And why were these things not on its plate? And again, it might not have been a nefarious reason that this kind of shift in focus started. It might have been for good purposes. Here's Tom Baker talking about a meeting that took place between then-President George W. Bush the first weekend after 9-11 happened. Robert Mueller had just been named head of the FBI. He was meeting with George W. Bush at Camp David. Here's Tom Baker talking about that meeting and what resulted from it then and what has resulted from it now. I'm the director of the FBI, uh, just about five days before the September 11th attacks, which happened on a Tuesday. That Saturday morning, uh, President George W. Bush summoned Mueller to Camp David uh, to give a report on on the FBI's investigation. Mueller went there. Now, so there were only about three and a half days between the attack and the meeting on Saturday morning at Camp David. In that three and a half days, the FBI did what it does best, investigate. And in those three and a half days, they had identified all 19 hijackers, their associates, 
their, their credit cards, their automobiles, where they stayed, who they associated with, their background, and their connections to al-Qaeda was coming into focus. So Robert Mueller went to Camp David with this report, expecting praise and thanks for it. And when he was done talking, President George W. Bush said to him, in effect, I don't care about that. I just want to know how you're going to stop the next one. Then about an hour later that morning, George Tennant gave a proposed plan of action going forward. The CIA. Yeah, then the director of the CIA, several people present said, said that President Bush said, that's great, and then turned and looked at Mueller and said to Mueller, that's what I'd like to hear. Uh, that's what I want to hear. So Mueller went back, and, and in Mueller's own words, he, he became bound and determined to change the culture of the FBI, and that's the word he used, and to make it into more of an intelligence agency. And a lot of us have looked at this and we said, well, maybe that's the root of the problem because when you, you the FBI always had a counterintelligence mission, but they behaved like a law enforcement agency. They were trained to operate within the Bill of Rights. They were trained as you are in a law enforcement agency, you look forward to the day, everything you do is going forward to the day where you're gonna stand up in front of a judge or in front of a jury and raise your right hand and pledge to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. That gives you a certain, that creates a certain culture. In an intelligence agency, you deal in guesses, estimates, your best thinking at the time, and you deal in deception and deceit, and that's part of it. And a lot of us think that this change in the FBI's culture is what has allowed these problems that manifest themselves under Director Comey and since then to come about. And we just hope and pray that the FBI changes its culture, gets back to its law enforcement roots. I found that to be very, very interesting. And Agent Baker went on to talk about when he trained at the FBI, they gave every agent, before they went out in the field, they gave them a small pocket-sized copy of the U.S. Constitution. And he said the subliminal suggestion was that this is our guiding document and we don't violate this. And that they no longer do that. Now, I don't know why Robert Mueller, when George Bush said, I want to know what you're going to do to prevent the next one. I don't know why Robert Mueller didn't say, Mr. President, that's not our job. Our job is to investigate what happens. This guy over here, the CIA, that's their job. I mean, we had... We have two agencies there who should not overlap much. Like the FBI is an investigative agency that should not violate the Constitution, should not treat its citizens like enemies. And the CIA, okay, it probably has some domestic function too, but the the muddling of the lines is what has gotten us into trouble. And it's got to get straightened out. It's got to get straightened out because, as Matt Mayer pointed out in our interview with him at the top of the hour, uh, sure, Democrats are in control now. Sure, Democrats are clearly heading up and have headed up the FBI for a long, long time. But eventually that worm turns. Eventually that worm turns. And Democrats who think it's great that uh, the Jan 6 people are still in jail, 
who think it's great that, you know, sure, let, let, let illegal aliens across the border. Sure. No problem. At some point in time, those kinds of ideologies can come back to bite you, too. Now, that's troubling enough, but what I read today troubled me more, and I want to transition into as we finish the year here, the final 20 minutes or so of the show, because I'll be off the rest of the week and all of next week, and I hope you guys have an awesome Christmas. I wanted to talk a little bit about Christmas, because today I saw uh, Cardinal Dolan on Fox News this morning being asked to respond to a survey that says 84% of Christians have lost track of the true meaning of Christmas. 84%? Well, listen, I know a lot of people label themselves Christians and do it more for feel-good reasons than authentic reasons, but even that number shocked me. And then I came across a headline. Amy Grant, to host niece's same-sex wedding, believes Jesus wants us to, quote, love God and love each other. Well, she's certainly right about that. Jesus does want us to love God and love each other. Absolutely right about that. As far as hosting the same-sex wedding, not crazy about it. I'm open to, I'm really not. I mean, I'll listen, but I'm not open to having my mind changed on it. But what Amy Grant said, and Amy Grant just received the Kennedy Center Honors Award. She's the first Christian music artist to receive it. She's been a pioneer in Christian music. That happened in November. Here's the quote that stuck out to me. Nothing about who we are or what we've done. That's why, to me, it's so important to set a welcome table because I was invited to a table where someone said, don't be afraid, you're loved. Gay, straight, it does not matter. It doesn't matter how we behave. It doesn't matter how we're wired. We're all our best selves when we believe to our core, I'm loved. And then our creativity flourishes. We're like, I'm going to arrange flowers on your table and my table. When we're loved, we're brave enough to say yes to every good impulse that comes to us. We're going to discuss that in the light of the message of Christmas, the true message of Christmas, next on The Bruce Hooley Show. So Cardinal Timothy Dolan was on Fox today, and they had him on because they wanted to ask him about a poll that shows that 84% of Christians in America have lost track of the true meaning of Christmas. So in case uh, you need your mind refreshed, here is Linus from a Charlie Brown's Christmas answering Charlie Brown's question about Christmas. I cannot believe that won't play. All right, let's try one more time. Each time something goes... No, that's Tom Baker. Here we go. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. The glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. 
You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. That is, of course, what Christmas is all about. But the importance of that scripture from Luke 2 and the importance of refreshing the authentic meaning of Christmas in all of our minds is not just to remind ourselves of the greatest gift ever of a Savior being born uh, that day long ago in Bethlehem. It's an amazing story. It is a transformation story where the end of the story, well, it hasn't happened yet. But the story of Jesus on earth is as much the story, I would say more so the story, of Easter than it is of Christmas. The baby in the manger is not threatening to anybody. But a Savior on a cross is available to everybody, but is not received the same by everybody. And we have to keep telling the tie between Easter and Christmas because the two were and always will be forever linked because the birth of Jesus occurred as it did because of the death of Jesus happening the the only way that it could have happened to complete his mission in coming to earth as the God-man. Fully man, fully God. One of the aspects of Christmas that gets lost is that Jesus was born of a virgin. You can look at every other world leader of a religious faith. You can look at Muhammad, you can look at uh, the Hindu leader, You will find their mother and their father. You will not find an earthly father of Jesus because there isn't one. He was born of a virgin who was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. And the reason that was done was because he had to be born the same way as man, but he had to also be fully God to accomplish his mission, which was to hang on and die on the cross. If you... Know the Christmas carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. You might know the beginning verse. A lot of times you don't think about the second verse, which says this. Hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all, to all he brings. Risen. That happened at Easter. Risen with healing in his wings. Mild he lays his glory by. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. He was born to raise the sons of earth, born to give us second birth. That happened at Easter. The New Testament tells uh, the story of Jesus beginning to end, at least in terms of his earthly life and, and the, his return to earth, as a conqueror, you can read Romans 1, 18 to the end. It will underscore the need 
never more than now for a redeemer in our world. You can read Colossians 1 from the middle of the chapter to the end. If you really want to know who Jesus is, read that. It will make it crystal clear to you. Matthew 1 outlines and establishes him as both God and man. And when I think about Jesus, I think about the Great Commission and what he said as he ascended to heaven. And I think about, am I fulfilling that in my life and in my role here as a talk show host? And I wonder sometimes if I am being too harsh or being too intolerant or being too dogmatic here on this show. Because the last thing I would want to do is to not live out an authentic faith. So let me tell you a little bit about why I do what I do. The comments I shared with you earlier from Amy Grant about it doesn't matter how we behave, it doesn't matter how we're wired, we're all our best selves when we believe to our core I'm loved and then our creativity flourishes. When we're loved, we're brave enough to say yes to every good impulse that comes to us. That is not an authentic gospel message. Because in the Great Commission, Jesus first established that all authority in heaven and on earth is his, all authority. And then he directed us to go and make disciples and baptize. And he also said one other thing that's left out of Amy Grant's words. Teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. The obedience piece of the gospel is not the piece by which you earn your salvation. It is the piece by which you authenticate your faith. Everybody wants a Savior. Many do not want a Lord because a Lord has authority over your life. So what I do here and why I do it is because I don't enjoy calling out the LGBTQ movement for its grooming of children, for its deviance, for its perversion. I don't enjoy talking about crime and all those things. I do it hopefully with a heart for those who are trapped in that life and how much they are cheating themselves out of the peace that comes with aligning your life with how God calls you to live. I will not stop calling out the evil that I see in our culture that is glorified by our culture. Not because it makes me superior to anyone out there to whom I'm directing those comments, but because I want them to be spared the eternity of misery they are due if they choose to prioritize their own wants, desires, and beliefs over what God makes clear in Scripture. I hope you have an awesome Christmas. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.